Welcome to the Authority of Love. My name is Greg Williams, and thanks for joining us again. Whether you're listening on the radio at WJMM 99.1 Central Kentucky Christian Radio at 11 o'clock each weekday, or you're visiting the podcast and uh, on WJMM.com, you can go to the upper right corner. There's a podcast tab, and then click on Love and Lordship links. You'll find today's and the two previous days. Or you can go to our website, LoveandLordship.com, find these and many more videos and podcasts and articles that relate to all of this. So thank you for joining us and uh, uh, appreciate you sticking with us. I hope that you're sharing and you're finding out a lot about the names of God and what that means not only to us, but to those that we can share with. As I stated in launching this series, our hope is that we not only come to know God more fully through his awe-inspiring names and his character, but that as we know his character and his love toward us, we grow daily in our love for him. A love that not only returns his incredible love for us, but draws us to him and allows us to love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's the first and greatest command. And if he told us it's first and greatest, we ought to be spending time and paying attention to that more than anything. Why? Not so we can ignore others, but so that when we begin to love others and grow and learn how to do that, we do it from that love that is his in us how we are loving him, learning to love ourselves, and then in so doing can truly love others. Simply stated, we can't do this unless we are willing to be obedient to know and love him. Our kind of love may use that to some degree, and there may be some compassion in that and some caring and service. That's good, but we can do that in our flesh. But our kind of love ultimately will always fall short. His never does. And all that he is, is found in his names, in his character. I pray that we fully desire to know and love him in this way because it is what we stated in the first and greatest, what he stated, I should say, in the first and greatest command. I will continue to remind you of this in the hope that we are all encouraged to know him more and more through his names and in so doing love him as only he deserves and what we must give to him. Remember, to truly know God is to love him. And that is our prayer through this series on the names of God. Let's prayerfully continue to look at how God has revealed all that he is and what he does through the names by which he made himself known to those in Scripture and, by the way, to us as well. This is our third day, so it's part three in the names of God. And the first name is just a powerful one that we all, if we don't know it yet, you're going to learn it today and you're going to love it. But you're going to have to learn it according to his word and will. As we continue looking at the incredible names of God, we'll, we'll look at one that we all love to call upon, whether we do so in the Hebrew name or simply by our own asking. That name is Jehovah Jireh the Lord God who provides. And it's found first in Genesis 22:14. It's an incredible story of faith and the unbelievable testing of that faith of Abraham by God. God asked him to make a sacrifice to him on Mount Moriah. Well, well sacrifices were made all the time. The catch God asked that the sacrifice be his son, Isaac, the son of the covenant that God clearly promised and seemingly had fulfilled to Abraham in Isaac. 
Now, when you go to make a sacrifice, you go in preparation and provision with what is to be sacrificed. When Abraham and Isaac arrive at the mountain to make the sacrifice, Isaac notices something and asks his father, where is the lamb, daddy, for the burnt offering? It is in Abraham's answer that God reveals himself as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God who provides. In verse 14, there in Genesis 22, the Lord God will provide. This is something we need to remember even as it continues in that verse. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Where is he providing for you and how? Now, now as, as always in our Names of God series, we are connecting the name of God to Christ and seeing how he, being God in the flesh, completely fulfills this. So how does Christ fulfill the provision as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God who provides? Well, in Philippians 4, 19, the word clearly tells us that God's provision to us is out of his glorious riches in Christ. All our needs are provided out of God's glorious riches in Christ, no matter what the circumstances or needs may be. Don't get fleshly and selfish on me, though. He knows our needs better than we do and how we will respond to them. And he loves us way too much to simply give us our own fleshly, selfish, destructive desires. Learn of and know him through these names, through his character. And you'll know much better what your needs truly are. And he will provide in Christ. Our second name today of God comes from Genesis 21:33, And it's a kind of an unusual name, El Olam. El Olam. Maybe all of them seem unusual because we're doing it in the Hebrew, right? El Olam, which means everlasting or eternal God. Now, remember, I told you a couple days ago, if you're just joining in, we're in the Names of God series. We're on the second one today, and it's El Olam, which means everlasting or eternal God. No beginning and no end. As I mentioned in previous days, a lot of these are going to overlap in some way. We found out through a previous name that he has always existed and always will, and we can count on that faithfulness just like Abraham did when two other family or tribal leaders in Beersheba recognized that God was with Abraham in all that he did. Abraham called on the name of God, and he called him El Olam. Why was he saying that in front of his kinfolk, his family? Because he knew that God being eternal would always be faithful, would always be present, would always provide. We also see his everlasting nature in his never-failing strength. In Isaiah 40, 28 through 31, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their, will renew their strength. This is the God who works his purposes at all times and gives strength to those who are weary. You see the interconnectedness of these names and this character? Thank you, El Olam, for your strength and power to go on even when I'm worn out. I'm weary. But he says they will renew their strength. They will mount up like wings on eagles. They will run and grow weary, not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. He is the everlasting God, El Olam. That's what Isaiah repeated. The God who revealed himself to Abraham revealed the same thing to Isaiah. And where else do we find that? We also know that we have El Olam as the everlasting God in Christ. As he fulfilled the old covenant and made it new, 
in Christ. All of those things were fulfilled and will be continue to be fulfilled in Christ. Already have been and will continue to be. Christ is the eternal God, as we find in Genesis 1, 1 through 5. I'll just give you the first one of that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he continues in that. And then over in 14, he says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, became flesh just like us. From the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was God and existed eternally with and as God even before creation. God in Christ has made a way for us to live eternally with him. And for that, we must be ever grateful. And we must surrender our lives in faith, by grace, to Christ. The El Olam, God in the new covenant as his son. He also provides us in Christ with never-ending strength to handle any and every situation so that we may handle all that we face. In Philippians 4 again, before he tells us he provides all our needs, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul knew what it was to be content and to be in need, to have all he needed and not have enough. He says that, and then he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Our final name in today's program is found in Exodus 6, verse 2. We find the most commonly used name of God in all of Scripture, Jehovah the Lord. We talked about this yesterday. We gave this name yesterday, okay? But I wanted to return as this is the text where God, actually, I said it yesterday, he doesn't reveal himself as such when he says that to Abraham in Genesis 22, but in Exodus 6, he makes it very clear to Moses. God reveals himself as such as the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh, the Lord, so we can better understand who he is as Lord and why this is the most used name. Remember, I think it was 6,519 times, right? Used in the Holy Spirit in Scripture. God not only gives Moses his name as Lord, but also explains that he did not fully express his name and character. Always the same in Scripture, right? So he's revealing more of that to Moses than he did to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, however, he was fully expressing his name and character as Lord because the Exodus is the central theme around which everything revolves with the people of Israel, pointing to the law of the Old Covenant and to Christ in the New Covenant. That's why this is so important to repeat this one name. It was and is imperative throughout Scripture that God continually revealed himself as Lord, pointing to the reality that we must know and walk with him as Lord. There is no other. With this in mind, we look then to Christ as Lord, found in so many places in the New Testament, but in particular, we look to Thomas's moving from doubt to his declaration captured in John 20, 24 through 38, which culminates in this, Thomas saying, my Lord and my God. Who's he saying it to? Jesus, Jehovah, Yahweh, in the flesh. All those who believe by faith and not sight are blessed, he says in verse 29 then in John 20. That's you and me. This again points to the priority importance that we as believers must recognize and walk with Christ as Lord over every part of our lives. Yes, we must know him as Savior, but we must grow and live and walk with him as Lord. Food for thought as we close out here today. God and Christ 
Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God who provides, is the Lord God who provides. And we must learn to trust him not only to provide, but also to provide what he knows we need as best. We can trust him to do so because he is El Olam. He has always existed, the everlasting or eternal God. His preeminence in existence and in all things assures us that he will always provide us the strength in Christ to accomplish what he has called us to do. Finally, then, we are reminded that he is, once again, Jehovah, Jehovah or Yahweh, Jehovah, the Lord God, and is by far the most frequently used name for God in all of Scripture. And it points us to his provision in Christ to make a way for us to be in relationship with him. Elohim, the personal God, day one, first name. Do you claim to or live as though he's just your Savior? Or do you walk with him as Lord? Christ paid it all to restore our relationship with God. Don't miss this relationship. And the only way that it can exist is with Christ as Savior and Lord. Now, there's different levels of maturity. We've talked about that before. But you need to know and have your heart set on that. And he's made a way. Action items, four of them again. Read the scriptures in this message and ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. Number two, write down what each name of God in this message means to you. Number three, list the ways that God has shown himself to you by his provision and his presence and his strength. Number four, what do you need to do to know that you are walking with Christ as Savior, but not just as Savior, as Lord? Join us again tomorrow. Invite family, friends, loved ones, and enemies to do so. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks always to the Lord. Make it a great day and God bless in Christ. Stay tuned for Bill Reeser Encounter. I'm Greg Williams and you're listening to The Authority of Love.